Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit and welcome back to Is It Bad For You, a series where we explore numerous things in the health and fitness industry, exploring the science and our own thoughts to come to a pretty solid conclusion if something is indeed bad for you. This week we tackle two things, one you may have heard of and the other maybe not, and that is MSG and salt. Now they're both flavour enhancers essentially, but MSG carries a bit more of a stigma regarding buzzwords like chemical, manufactured, not natural, etc, etc. And it's even been linked to a saying called Chinese restaurant syndrome. So with all that being said, does MSG warrant the backlash? Well, we dive into what it actually is and how it's made, and then we take a closer look at the science to come to a pretty good conclusion whether or not MSG is bad for you. We then move on to salt, and yes, we know salt is needed for survival basically, but are we having too much? Now, the guidelines are normally six grams or under a day, and the World Health Organization is basically flapping, saying we're having six to 12 grams a day. However, not long before we recorded this episode, Tom found a whopping research paper that indicates the current guidelines could need updating. By the end, we do come to a pretty good conclusion whether or not MSG and salt are indeed bad for you. Before all that though, I do need to address a rather serious bit of news involving Lord of the Rings and a listener of the show. That was like Let's that was go. like the worst time. Literally, as I finished the <laughs> countdown, you just sniffed a pen. <laughs> Screenshot that. <laughs> How are we doing, Bill? We all, all good? Right. Oh, you're not going to let me just start. The, all right, okay, we're going straight into it. Okay, we're straight into it then. I won't even say oh, good sorry. evening. Yeah, no, no. Well, I normally say good evening, Tom. No, no, it's like my thing. I'm ruining the catchphrase, you know. Sorry, I'm, I'm yeah, high on whatever chemicals are in this felt tip pen. Why would you sniff a pen in, a, in an audio Why thing? Why would you not? I'm here for a good time. Unless they've joined us live on Twitch, they're not going to see you sniffing pens. That's what we in fact there's nothing actually wrong with the connection. Uh, the people that are watching us on Twitch right now, we're having a bit of an issue where our screens are freezing. Um in fact there's nothing wrong with your connection. This is just what felt tip pen abuse does to you. This is us <laughs> moving normally. <laughs> a laggy mess. <laughs> exactly. Uh yeah. but yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I I'm all good. Are you all good? I'm ready to go, mate. I'm ready to attack another is it bad for you episode. That's what I'm ready for. What is bad for us, Bill? Surely it's not well, a succulent Chinese meal. No, what is bad for us is what I'm about to say now. So I know we've been banging on this, but for, for you know maybe the last couple of weeks, it's become a bit of a running theme now. Um, but it's only just recently come to my attention, and it's something we need to we need to address, Tom. Um, if you're driving, I'd probably recommend pulling over right about now. If you are standing, probably take a seat because this might you know hit some of you. If you deeply. are sat down, stand up. No, if you are sat down, stay seated. Stay seated. Yeah. Don't don't stand up. <laughs> Basically. Make sure you're you're in no position to hurt hurt yourself or others. Because what's come to my attention, guys, is we've mentioned the Lord of the Rings the last few weeks, haven't we? Tom's made a few jokes, but there's a uh, there's a friend of mine and a podcast listener, Phoebe, and it's come to my attention that in public she stated she has never ever seen the Lord of the Rings. And normally I'd be you know I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised. it's not unheard of that people haven't seen this sort of you know epic cinema. But what makes this hurt even more, Tom, is that her partner Kieran, he's also a listener of the show. He's a massive fan. He's a huge fan of the show. Yeah, he's a huge fan of the uh, the Lord of the Rings world. Um, and what I want to question is, what why has he not made her watch it? Um, I mean, c- could you explain the premise of Lord of the Rings to me in like? 10 seconds in 10 seconds yeah go go on now there's a ring that's very dangerous they need to throw it into a mountain I mean that that sounds really weird that actually sounds like the beginning of a porno in a weird way <laughs> why does that sound what, what do you mean like the beginning of a porno 
Well, you know, they've got to find a ring. And yeah, uh, yeah. A, yeah, a, yeah, a jewellery ring. You, you know where this is a going. A metal ring, a gold a ring. Metal, a metal ring. Oh, here we go. And technically, uh, what's that big fiery vagina fin? Mount Doom. No, not that, the <laughs> eye, the eye of Sauron. Not, not fucking, not, not vagina thing. Yeah, I just never saw the appeal to Lord of the Rings. I just thought it was very unrealistic. Unreal. I'm not even going to I'm not even going to address that. Ever address, address that comment. Well, there's that theory, isn't there? Like, why Wrong. did they just not from the beginning? So you could probably hear the microwave going. That's not me. That's the cat. Uh, that's not me microwaving the cat. That's just the microwave going off. Well, why didn't they just use the eagle in the first place in the very Maybe first movie? So, there's such a little straw man thing in it. Why? Because the eagle. It's not a straw man. Involved, it's, it's, no, they're it, not. It they're makes not part sense. Of, they weren't part of the conflict. They weren't part of the conflict. That's why they didn't get involved. Why did they not just use the eagle to drop the rin into the big fiery vol- whatever it is volcano from the very first movie? I don't know why you think a lot it'd be that easy. Awesome. Nah, it's not that simple. Why, mate. did they not, have anti-aircraft guns in Mordor? Nah, not, nah, we're not doing that. Was mate. it a knife fly zone? I actually had a conversation with someone um, recently about how we're going to have a one-off special for this, Tom. We're going to have a 100th episode, we're going to have a Lord of the Rings special where we, we talk about this in depth, okay? It's just going to be me, uh, it's just going to be us live streaming while I talk about the military inaccuracies of the uh, Lord guest, of the Rings. I've got a guest who can back me up. It'll be, you'll be outgunned, mate. Ian McKellen? <laughs> Ian McKellen. I've really raised it up now, haven't I? Oh, look, Fern, she is all over it. Yep, I'm in trouble. You'll get the sack, uh, you'll get the sack Saturday mate. morning. She's no longer, yep. she's no longer your client, yeah? <laughs> you're, you're fucked. Yeah, I'm going to have a barbell dropped on my toes during the deadlift. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's all you deserve, mate, after your On point. accident, of course. Um, By accident. But but going back to going back to Phoebe, we'll keep you updated on the story if she does actually start to watch it. I'm not really sure what to do at this point. I know she listens to the show. I'm not sure if we've got a block button, but I feel like we need to maybe sanction her or what, what's the what's the term that's going around at the moment? Oh, let's not mention sanctions at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, anyway, I just yeah. wanted to get that out there because it came, It was. A, it felt like it needed to be addressed. Uh, so you are listening to Phoebe, sort it out, please. Uh, um, especially I, you, Kerry, I, mate. I, I don't blame Phoebe. Uh, I, no, I, I prefer Jaws as a film. Jaws? Yeah, it's more realistic. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's a shark, some boats, uh... That's quite realistic, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, welcome to uh, Chat Should Get Fit, where we talk about uh, evidence-based stuff in the health fitness industry, and uh, sometimes Lord of the Rings. But we are back with Is It Bad For You? And we are talking about MSG and salt. Mainly MSG, though, because that is the one that people tend to think is bad for them. Uh, salt is something that's a little bit more understood. However, as we are going to come on to, Tom did find an absolute whopper of a paper, literally not that long ago, was it? Few, no, like a few hours ago, didn't you? Really, it was a few hours ago. Yeah, yeah, a few hours ago. And, is, is it, and it is actually, it's, a, it's actually a big deal, which we are going to come on to. It's going to, it's it going to blow your deal. mind when it comes to the world of salt. So uh, look forward to that. However, we are going to talk about MSG and salt, and they are quite similar, I suppose, in a way, because they are both flavour enhancers, mostly yeah. used to make food taste better. However, as we are going to come on to, salt does have other uses, and that will explain why when we go into the poll, poll results, people did make comments on how salt has other uses. So yeah. But we are going to look at the polls then before we get into the juice stuff. So, so Tom, I asked people, what do you think is better for you, salt or MSG? Now, no surprise here, 89% of people said salt, 11% said And MSG. others were like, what the fuck is MSG? To be, <laughs> to, to be fair, <laughs> one of the person who put MSG actually put in the thing. Because so I, I then asked afterwards, why have you said what you said? Uh, and one, the, one person who put they said because you won't tell me what it is twat <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> I was like cheers thanks for that yeah it's a fair comment it's a fair comment I mean uh, to be fair I only uh, I only kind of like looked into the whole MSG thing a couple of years ago 
before and I had no idea what it was. And even then, I didn't really look that deeper into it until very recently, uh, past well, with the past year. And then I looked even even deeper, obviously the past week, so we could uh, research for this episode. And uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil things, but uh, I, I might even uh, buy a barrel or hammock. A barrel. Yeah. How hammock? Here we go again. You and your fucking I might metrics. Buy, I might even buy a cat carrier's worth of MSG after oh, the research I've done. Yeah. And that's because I just literally looked at one, and that's the first thing that popped into my head. I've got your crazy cat. Basically, man, I want to get more than a dustpan's worth of MSG by the end of the week. I feel like we need to start getting. I wish. I wish we had. We had the resources because we could have T-shirts for all of these. We just, you know, just pictures of you with an item that you're saying full of a another item such as MSG. You can see my eyes darting around now, trying to look for other things in the kitchen that I can, uh, you know, use as a measurement. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to these responses. So, another one. Salt is a dietary requirement in moderation. I used to completely, uh, totally avoid it. So, that's a good good point. It is a dietary requirement, hence why they said salt is better for you than MSG. Uh, So, then someone put, which is a fair comment, actually, pure ignorance. I know salt is good for staying hydrated in reasonable amounts. I know jack Mm -hmm. about MSG. That's fair enough. Uh, and then they, someone said, semi-unconscious bias. That leads me to thinking natural is always superior to artificial. Yeah, we've heard that point. before. We, spoke, we did speak about that a little bit uh, on last week's episode about artificial sweeteners, but it's going to be probably yeah. a recurring theme in the entire of this series when it comes down to anything that's to do with chemicals. We then got Fern's response here. She said, because a little bit of salt goes a long way to make bad cooking taste good, and that is a very valid point. <laughs> However, perhaps MSG does the same thing. But the question is, is it bad for you? Do you really want to be taking that risk? We are going to find out. Yeah. We then got regulation of blood. This, this person said salt's better for you than MSG. And they said, because regulation of blood pressure, but I also know MSG is not harmful. So they think MSG is not bad for you, but they know that salt has other benefits as opposed to making your food taste nice. Yeah. Uh, some of them put salt has a use within the body. MSG doesn't. And then someone put MSG is manufactured, question mark. So some interesting responses there. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, assume that many people had never probably heard of MSG before. And if they have heard of MSG, I'm going to assume a fair amount of those people would just think uh, MSG bad because that's what it's usually labelled as. So we're going to start with MSG then because that is the big one that everyone thinks is bad for them. Uh, so what actually is the difference between MSG and salt? They are actually very, very similar. So they've got salt is solely sodium chloride which is like the main active ingredient. So you obviously see when they tell you recommendations of salt, sodium is the other big one. However, MSG has got both sodium and glutamic acid in, right? Yeah. So you're probably thinking, oh, okay, what the fuck's glutamic acid? It's completely different. Um, it's actually a naturally occurring amino acid. So mm-hmm. that part is natural before people start getting excited about chemicals and stuff. But then we've got something glued, called glutamate, and that is a depronated form of glutamic acid. If you're not aware what depronated means, it's basically when they've just lost a proton. Um, it's not really important. I just thought I'd make that note. Yeah. You know, evidence-based and all those buzzwords. Um, but here's a fun fact, Tom, and for the listeners out there. There is no chemical difference between naturally occurring glutamate ions and the glutamate ions present in MSG. Mm. So people look at MSG as like a chemical thing, but the actual glutamate in it, there is no chemical difference. If you look at them, and like it's a big fucking science diagram, they would look exactly the same. And when you absorb them into the body, they are treated exactly the same as well. So there's no difference. Your body doesn't go, oh, you're from MSG or you're from a naturally occurring amino acid. They all go, okay, sweet, you're glutamic acid, you're coming in. But MSG still has this stigma around it. Has the stigma, yeah, around that one yeah. thing. Um, and here's some, I've got more fun for you, Tom. Hold, hold your horse, mate. Hold your breath. More fun. Guess what all of these things have in common? If you are watching on Twitch and get involved as well, mushrooms, 
tomatoes, asparagus, walnuts, clams, steak, sardines, soy sauce, potatoes. I think that's it. Let's see if I've got any more written down here. It's the Colonel's secret recipe. <laughs> what, for KFC? <laughs> I fucking hope not. 11 herbs and spices. <laughs> we've solved it. We've cracked it. This is like National Treasure. That movie National Treasure, we've cracked the case, except we've, we've just discovered the Colonel's uh, secret recipe. Does anyone in Twitch have any uh, other thoughts apart from <laughs> the secret recipe? No. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, drumroll please. All of these, I've got MSG in, mate. Yeah. All of those things I've just said have MSG in, which you're probably thinking, what? Nah, my fucking steak doesn't have MSG in. I'm a, I'm a natural warrior, you know? Um, obviously now you know the poisons and the dosage they've not all got the exact same amount of MSG yeah. you know like steaks are absolutely riddled with MSG um, and this is something I wrote down note it's pretty important so glutamate is found abundantly in many protein foods but it only enhances the flavour of things when it's not bound to other amino acids yeah do you know what as well it's actually got a, it's got a, a particular word associated with it known as umami umami and that basically it makes Food tastes meatier, like it's a fla- basically MSG is a flavor enhancer, and it's more popular in like Asian, Asian. food, like Chinese yeah. food, etc. And to be honest with you, this is probably why it does get a bad rap because it's straight away it's associated with like takeout food, mm-hmm. and you can buy it. Have you actually seen it? Like how it actually looks when it's sold on the shelf? Uh, it literally just looks like. <laughs> God, this is not going to sell it at all, but it looks like crystal meth. It looks, it's, it's like flaky salt. Yeah, plus it, it's often found in the, the world food section of a supermarket, you know, the Asian bit. Yes, yes, people, it is. People get this very, they get very uneasy about because, you know, we're, we're such fucking you know, weird people, aren't we? Like, oh, that's not Western looking food because it's obviously in like a bottle with like, you know, you know, Chinese writing on it, for example. People look at it and go, oh, no, I don't want any of that. And that's another reason why perhaps people are a bit off of it. I mean, that would actually appeal to me because it seems more authentic. But, yeah, more authentic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean... Some uh, people like, fucking hell. But yeah, it, it, uh, MSG is known for like enhancing meat flavours in particular. It does make things taste more meaty. Uh, apparently, there's one theory that the reason why this might kind of work is by it. In, it, it stimulates the... I can, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this correct, but the sal- salivation the salivatory yeah, yeah. gland salivate basically which um yeah to be honest with you like just talking about this is uh, making me salivate because I'm, I'm thinking of a succulent chinese meal and i'm going to say you're probably going to hear me mention succulent chinese meal a lot in this episode uh, just because it reminds me of that video of that um australian gentleman getting arrested for not paying for a succulent chinese meal have you seen it bill <laughs> i've seen that yeah i've seen that You've seen it? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what he says? Get, get, get your hands off my penis. That's it, yeah. yeah. He says, get, get your hands your, off me. What's the charge? Get your hands off my penis. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Democracy Manifest. And he didn't appreciate the way he was handled. See that chap over there? Get your hand off my penis! It took six officers to restrain him his... <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. That's a cracker. What's the charge? We're enjoying yeah. a meal. A succulent <laughs> a Chinese, Chinese meal. That's an absolute banger, that. Love that, yeah. Oh, that's one of my favourite videos of yeah, all time. Yeah, it's cracking it. Uh, but, you know, we, we speak all this Asian stuff, Tom. There is something we need to bring up, and that is something we did discuss. Um, well, I think you found it first. It's something called Chinese restaurant syndrome, which links very yeah. much to what we were just saying. 
That, that's a real that's a real term, by the way. That, yeah, I'm not joking. That and I'll, I'll give you some background to this. So this was actually coined by Chinese American doctor Robert Ho Man Kwok, and he actually wrote a letter to a scientific journal complaining of experiencing things like palpitations, um, numbness, yeah. etc. After eating a succulent Chinese meal, um, and yeah. Kwok didn't actually he didn't actually stay what exactly caused the feeling um like he didn't he couldn't he just ate a meal but basically what happened was msg was quickly identified yeah. as the main culprit they just blamed msg straight away um and then literally i'm not sure if it was because of this or this is what led to them doing the research on it but shortly after or around the same time there was a study done by a guy called dr john olney and he found that when msg was injected into the brains of mice it could cause brain damage now that just reading that sentence just sounds fucking ridiculous yeah no shit yeah no shit but just shit, to clarify it was it was msg it was just like msg by itself that was directly uh, directly injected into mice brains it wasn't a succulent chinese meal no. that was injected into <laughs> egg fried rice like blended up <laughs> and just injected into this rat's head um God, what a timeline we live in. Yeah, what a timeline. You know, um, science has come so far that we can now directly inject a succulent Chinese meal into a rat's head. Sorry, a mouse's head. I'll be honest here for a second. I'm sure people um, listening back and obviously watching this live now, we've all had a Chinese meal perhaps, and you normally do feel a bit... We've all had a succulent Chinese meal, yeah. You, you do sometimes feel a bit rough after because, you know, it's it's quite there could be quite a lot to it and it can... But do you know what? I get that with a full English breakfast at the end of the day. This is probably the amount you're eating, isn't you, it? You, you don't get full English uh, syndrome, do you? There's also another thing that people like to say about Chinese restaurant syndrome, Tom, and that is the racist connotations behind it. Um, and there's actual people who have, <laughs> there's activists who say that it's actually racist. I don't racist know why I'm laughing, it. but It's yeah. not funny, but yeah, it's, it's true because they're basically saying that Asian food, or in this case, Chinese food, is making people ill. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I have seen the, um, the criticism to say that, you know, like uh, a lot of the criticism against MSG is, you know, it's it's based on racism um i'll be honest with you and i'm i'm happy to be proven wrong on this but i do think it's a bit of a reach to start throwing out the mm. racism card yeah you know i think it's more um, chemical stuff I'm, mate to be honest I've, I've not actually seen like a good argument yeah. for that i've not seen a good argument for that i think most of it is simply to do with the appeal to nature fallacy salt is natural mm. uh, msg sounds too chemically for me Monosodium glutamate, you know what I mean? It sounds too chemically, so it must be dangerous. Anything with initials and not a full name such as salt is definitely dangerous for you, Well, Tom, I'm now going to tell you and everyone listening how it's actually made so it gives you more context of what MSG actually... Because at the moment, you're probably thinking, well, it's made in some mad lab with some mad scientists pumping fucking all sorts into mice trying to make some magic, nice-tasting powder. Um, so how's it made? It's made by a process called fermentation, which you might have heard of. It's the same. It's actually a similar thing. They used to do things like yogurt. Mm. So that process is pretty pretty standard um, basically what they do is glucose is extracted from starchy crops so things like corn for example um, and then this glucose is sent to a fermentation tank and then at the other end basically what pops out is glutamic acid and that's the thing we spoke about earlier so it's pretty straightforward all they're doing is taking glucose from some crops banging it into some fucking fermentation tank and at the other end comes this acid which is when they what they add to the sodium which makes um msg um, and what they do though first of all obviously they mix it with sodium hydroxide which then gives us msg then they put water on it um, and then they filter obviously filter the shit out which is what they do with most food and, they, and drinks and stuff they filter it so you get all the impurities out um, and then what happens is the water is then evaporated 
And then through a driving, uh, drying process, we are left with pure white Colombian pure, or as Tom said, it looks like crystal meth. <laughs> that's literally what we're left with. Um, so yeah, that's it. It's not not too bad, really. I, I don't really think that's... I like how you started off with, uh, yeah, Colombian pure, and suddenly we just, we went to crystal meth as, that sounds, as if that sounds any better. Yeah, I, it just doesn't sound great either way, does it? No. I mean, do you know what? I have actually... I've noticed it. So this is my anecdotal experience speaking here. So straight away, you can just like ignore everything I say from now on. But like uh, when I have been to like Chinese restaurants and there's like, uh, you know, you get crispy seaweed. I have been to like my, my local one. I was, Do you know what? In hindsight, my local one's actually closed down now. But my, my old local Chinese I used to go to, they used to just smother the crispy seaweed in MSG. And you could see it. They did it like crystal meth. Um, there's nothing bad about it. Because as we said, it's just simply a flavor enhancer. Well, I say there's nothing bad about it. We're going to go more into details about the effects of MSG or what the evidence currently suggests. But um, yeah, just um, from a flavor point of view, they did used to put way too much on. But um yeah, I'm probably jumping way too ahead at the moment. But you did used to see it visibly, and it was like it was like flaky crystal meth. You could physically see it. Right, so that's kind of giving you how it's made. Um, and also a little fun fact I want to say before we, before we go further, uh, and that is MSG has approximately two-thirds less sodium than table salt. Wasn't expecting that. Question is, though, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Do we want to have less sodium or do we want more sodium? I don't know. You tell me. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Which while you're here, it's like the private <laughs> podcast, but one on one, one on one, one on information. Um, so I suppose we need to actually look at some science, then, don't we? Uh, as we are supposed to be an evidence based podcast, so I suppose we can't anecdotally say that MSG is king or salt is king in yeah. this case. Um, so so far, what we've established is that if you inject MSG into a mice's brain, it will cause brain damage. So, thanks, th- thanks to that scientist. That's very, <laughs> that's yeah. very good to know. Um, to be fair, a lot of the papers I've noticed that cast a shadow over MSG tend to be ones that are animal studies yeah and you can imagine our shock when i say this next line in that most of these studies on animals have used incredibly high doses yeah like the doses are outrageous that like no fucking shit you're going to cause some damage because that that would literally be impossible to consume and this is pure like pure msg like just by itself yeah, it's so high doses by itself. It's not like they just set a rat loose on some Singapore rice noodles or egg fried rice or other succulent Chinese dishes. Um, yeah, this is just like straight high doses, concentrated, boom, off you go. Yeah, so what? What? what I, I'm not surprised that they would find like negative reactions in regards to that. Basically, on paper, what we can identify is that on animals with high doses, MSG can cause brain damage, but... If people are cherry picking that information, they're fucking idiots because it's not reflective of human populations at all, uh, and the way we consume it as well. Yeah, exactly. We tend to have a lager with our succulent Chinese meal. Don't see a mouse with a lager. Oh, to be fair, there probably is studies out there where scientists have injected lager straight into a mouse's brain. Maybe that could be a, a part of our, our, you know, the current topic we're doing, Bill. Like, is it bad for you? Maybe that's something we can add on. You know, is it bad to inject something directly into your brain? Well, if you want to try that, mate, you crack on. I don't really fancy injecting anything yeah. into my brain, if I'm being honest. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll play it safe. We'll move on to the human studies then, shall we? Because that's really what people need to know yeah. about. It's always good to mention the animal studies because they, they are there. They are, But this is this is the important stuff. The animal studies are good because it can show you where a lot of the fear originates mm-hmm. from. Yeah. 
gives you context, doesn't it? Because people are thinking, well, there's got to be a reason why people think this stuff's bad for you. And that is normally the case. So hopefully that's helped you identify why. Uh, but we'll start with weight gain. Uh, weight gain seems to be quite a big one. Um, and straight away, like anecdotally, before even looking at the evidence, I would say, okay, yeah, if you're putting something on your food, which makes it taste nicer, or you're having something that's a flavor enhancer, technically you could potentially eat more food. Yeah. You might eat more because it tastes nice. When things taste nice, you inherently want to eat more of it. Um, so that makes sense. But we are obviously going to look at the science on this because it's not as clear cut as it makes it taste nice. We've got a couple of reviews here. Um, they're, they're done on human and animal studies, but obviously the weight of the evidence goes towards the human because they are better. Um, the first review here was published in 2014 and it concluded that controlled intervention studies adding MSG to the diet of animals and humans showed no effect on body weight and that normal dietary MSG use is unlikely to influence energy intake, body weight, or fat metabolism. We then got a second review from someone we mentioned last week, so the European Food Safety Authority, so the EFSA, um, and they basically reevaluated the safety of glutamate-based food additives. It wasn't just MSG. They looked at the whole family of those things, because there are other little niche little things there. MSG is a big one, but there are other bullet ones there. Yeah. And this also concluded MSG was unlikely to have clinically meaningful effects on the body. And they're a pretty big um, sort of authority in this space. Yeah, they are they are the European equivalent of the FDA. If you're if yeah. you're for us, if you're stateside, um, and they found there's no effect. Anything to add there, Tom? No, just to repeat what you pretty much said. At the end of the day, if something is enjoyable, you're going to want to do it over and over again. So it's not that. Um, look, look, can you overeat Chinese food? Let's say in particular, yeah, of course you can. But you could do anything. Uh, sorry, you can get addicted to anything that is enjoyable at the end of the day. It's not inherently the MSG. It's just a combination of things. It's the texture of the food. It's the, you know, the the actual flavour of it. Aside from the MSG, it's the kind of meat you're using. You know, it's, it's your preferred taste, etc. And you can find that yeah. with, I mean, MSG isn't on waffles. When I say waffles, not birds. I mean like sweet waffles. I fucking love waffles. I could easily overeat waffles. There's no MSG on that. It's just that I simply enjoy it. I think all these reviews highlighted that there's not it's not inherently yeah, causing there's weight nothing gain. Inherent about this particular yeah, ingredient mm-hmm. that would make you uh, gain weight. Which I think I was kind of expecting to be honest. Uh, if we look onto another one though, another common issue is headaches. Now this is something that people report quite a lot. And this is this reminds me of last week as well, Tom. How there was people who reported having headaches with artificial sweeteners, and as we soon found out, they were just it wasn't actually a thing. Like that, that I think what was it one of them actually who reported headaches was having a placebo hysteria yeah classic yeah so it just shows in the mind um, and this appears to be a little bit different though so in this one it appears at high doses so more than 2.5 grams at a time given in beverage form this is really important to note that in beverage form may induce headaches um, this effect however is not reliably reproduced neither in repeated challenge studies nor in dose response uh, studies and the, the problem with this is though straight so ignore that fucking jargon there is that the, the statement there beverage form People don't normally consume MSG in beverage form to begin with. Mm. It's normally added to solid food, which is then how it's consumed. And because of that, uh, the root the research actually highlighted this is that it obviously breaks down in the body differently. It absorbs differently because if you have a drink, technically you'd, you'd assume it absorbed pretty rapid. Mm. So while this is useful to see that, it's not very... Um, it's not very. It's not well replicated. Yeah, not well replicated in a in a in a real life situation when we eat it with with foods as well. And then with solid consumption, which is what they also looked at, which is more important, they found no no headaches were reported. So the only time headaches were reported on paper is from beverage form, which is pretty much doesn't mean anything 
really for for people nah, listening. Not really. There's nothing for you to really worry about unless you're. I don't even know how. You, what would you do? Have to mix it with water, <laughs> and then get it injected into your brain. Yeah, inject it, yeah. Then you have brain damage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I could totally see you having a headache if you're like uh, going for a night out with the boys for a succulent Chinese meal, mm. and you know uh, having a couple of uh, drinks with that as well. Yeah, yeah no? maybe. Yeah, that's for different reasons. That's not because the MSG. That's just because you're dehydrated. Yeah, it's because you're on the piss and got into a fight. Also, this is actually a good point as well, Tom. It doesn't cause headaches. Uh, and I actually found this, is that in 2018, the International Headache Society, um, which yes, is a society. Yeah, that, that did crack me up, that. That's a yeah. real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing, yeah. They removed MSG from the causative list due to lack of evidence. So for a while, even they thought that MSG was giving people headaches. But yeah, 2018, they removed it because there was not enough evidence to support that claim. Yeah. So if people say you MSG is giving them headaches or you think that MSG is going to give you a headache, it's not really. Do you think the International Headache Society, do you think like their leader, like when he has to arrange a meeting, he's like, oh, this is really stressing me out and giving me a headache? Fuck this. Well, you reckon he... I'm pretty sure he gets headaches, mate. I don't think he's immune to headaches because he's the leader of a headache society. But you imagine that just like, yeah, sod this, it's just one big headache. Who do you reckon gets the most headaches in the world? What's, what country? Oh, it's just a genuine question. I don't know, I'm just curious. What do you think? Yeah, this is, this is a really random question, and well, I feel like I've been this. I've been put on the spot now, and it feels like it deserves like a serious answer. Well, the International Headache Society would know. Um, oh, that's a really good one. I'll, I'll probably say, uh, well, it's got to be Canada at the moment, probably because having those protests <laughs> where the truckers are like bibbing all day long. So uh, you know, politics aside, uh, that bibbing would do your fucking head in. So yeah, got to be Canada at the moment. I don't Stonking know. Probably somewhere headache. else. There's probably somewhere else who's getting more headaches, but... Yeah. Well, what yeah, do you think? Go on. I don't what, really head... want to bring it up. Oh, it's not Russia, is it? Well, yeah, one of the two. One of the two. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right, moving on swiftly. Iceland? Oh, you reckon... I, I, isn't Iceland... Fern in the uh, Twitch stream just said Iceland. I think they're quite chilled, aren't they? I thought they're quite oh, relaxed. Oh, fuck off. Was, that, was you supposed to say that? What? Chill, what was, you, oh, you said they're chill, right. Iceland, chilled. I know, yeah. I know. Was yeah, that intended? No, it was, it was unintentional. Who do you like. think you are? <laughs> who, do, who do I think I am? Bringing these puns out. <laughs> That's Outrageous. Out, out of control. Anyway, <sighs> should, we, uh, should we get back on back on to uh, MSG? I'm trying to see anyway. if this joke is in the show notes and you prepared this. What it's joke? not. It's well, not. Ice, this no, is the completely whole, off no, the wall. <laughs> this, is off, this is off the cuff, this. The society thing. I just went, 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 went with it. But yeah, uh, International Headache Society. What a, uh, what, what, what a time to be alive. To exist in the same time period as that. Anyway, if we move on then to reactions, so people having a reaction after taking MSG. um, Yeah, basically it's all anecdotal from what I've seen. Um, We actually got a paper, it's a double blind study and review, and they looked at 71 healthy subjects, and they were treated with placebos and MSG with doses of 1.5, 3, and 3.15 grams per person, which is actually quite a lot. Mm. Um, And they had it before breakfast over five days. There was no reactions apart from one reaction, and... The person who had a reaction was a subject who received placebo. So, yeah, it just that just once again highlights that react people having reactions to stuff isn't. It's, it's, sometimes it is. It can just be in your head. Yeah, it can be because you've got a preconceived idea of what something's going to do to you, so you automatically go into a state of oh, this is what's done. Like what was it? Bef- we, we spoke about it before. If you haven't heard the placebo and no spare episode, that's probably a really good one to listen to. I forgot the link. I think it's chatshitgetfit.com/slash/placebo. Um, we spoke about things like people giving people roids um, and they just got better 
They got stronger, yeah. even though they weren't given roids. Placebo has a massive effect. Yeah. There was one where someone was given, you know, drugs like, um, you know, like XT or something, for example. They were, they were told they were given that and they were bouncing around buzzing, thinking, oh, my heart's racing. I'm absolutely, it's like you were given nothing. You were given like a sugar pill. Yeah. But because they thought they were getting someone else, they had a different reaction. That's similar with this, really. Sometimes people think MSG is going to do something to me, so they've got sensitive, but... The only thing it's going to do is make your succulent Chinese meal taste more succulent. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> um, but then, you've, to be fair, you've also got people then who say they're sensitive to MSG. They're allergic to it, basically. Uh, but the only, mm. thing I've, the only issue I've got with this is, straight away, MSG is not an allergen. It's not like pollen. So you can't, you can't really be like... It doesn't, you can't have a reaction that way. Um, and the research has also failed to show that MSG caused any allergic-like reaction, basically. Mm. And similar to last week, actually, you remember when I said they looked at people who reported having reaptions? Yeah. They all found nothing. These, these uh, MSG, that did the same thing. A paper looked at people who reported being sensitive and having reactions to it, and they found nothing at all. Yeah. So the evidence at the moment is kind of pointing towards, well, MSG is just... You know, it's 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 just stigmatized at this point. People need to get a grip of their fucking placebo. That's what they need to do. <laughs> placebo yeah. knows, but people need to get a grip of their minds. Right? <laughs> I do. I do think a big part of it is the whole uh, pill to nature fallacy and this uh, mm-hmm. uh, fear of chemicals. You know, fear of chemical names. I mean, literally everything's a chemical, including just basic table salt. You know, yeah. MSG just because it sounds scary and sounds more <laughs> chemically for better. You know, word it. It's it's just a fucking another just flavour enhancer out there. Yeah, sure. It's not inherently good for you. It's not inherently bad for you. It's just a flavour enhancer. As long as you're not directly injecting it into your brain, you're not a mouse. Crack on. And as always, guys, all the studies we're mentioning, they are going to be listed down the show notes if you do want to have a little look. Um, but if you are still concerned at any point of anything we've been saying, of course, go and see your doctor first. Yeah. Like, don't just start smashing Go down to your local insult. Chinese restaurant and... Uh, have a word with a chef. Looking at pricing, it's like two two pound fifty for a yeah. two hundred gram bag for a bit of flavour enhancement. You don't need you don't need a lot. You don't need a lot either, do you? So uh, tell you what, so. I'm uh, I'm sold, Bill. I'm sold. Yeah, a bit of a, a bit of dash on the old air fryer. Yeah, there you go. Sorted. I might give it a go and I'll let you all know. Well, I suppose we should really look at the acceptable daily intakes then, because at the moment I've just kind of said it's okay. Yeah. So yeah, just to, just to, if we haven't made that clear now to summarise, MSG with normal within normal dietary consumption is is absolutely fine, um, and it may even be better for you than salt, depending on your current salt intake. But we are going to come on to that whopping new paper from Tom as well, which might throw this yeah. whole thing into the fucking atmosphere, right? Yeah. Um, but if we go back to the EFSA, so the European Food Safety Authority, we mentioned earlier, uh, they stated an acceptable daily intake. A Waxworth of stir fry. But what did you say? A Waxworth of stir fry. What? See, that's that's not even outrageous. That's quite a, that's quite a good metric because it's relevant. Yeah, I don't know what he was expecting. I'm I'm being deadly serious here. Well, I was expecting something ridiculous. That's what I was expecting. I don't know an IKEA bookshelf worth of MSG. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Did you did you look at an IKEA bookshelf in your room then? No, IKEA's been on the news, isn't it? Because they've shut they've shut all of them. Sure, haven't they? <laughs> Oh, Leon's made. Leon just made a valid point uh, to inject there. The CrossFit community is going to jump on functional MSG when this comes out. Oh God, don't! Especially if they find out that you can inject it straight into the brain. Oh yeah, that's all we're going to need. Tia Tumi giving herself, you know, a uh, (laughs) what's it called? Brain surgery. That's what I was saying. Daily intake. The acceptable daily intake is 30 milligrams per kilo of body weight. So for me, that's about 2.5 to 3 grams a day. 
preferably not take it all at once because if you take it all at once that does that can make you feel uncomfortable obviously because you have a yeah. high acute dose of MSG for me that's a number 43 and <laughs> a takeaway uh, foil containers worth of a uh, uh, salt and pepper chicken and uh, do you know what really pisses me off? How it's not actually an obligation for every Chinese restaurant to sell fortune cookies. I only know a few that actually do fortune cookies, and most of them are up north. Yeah, I've never had. I've never. I've never really gotten from a. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. I, I think that's really disappointing. Is it? It is, Bill. Well, no, my Why fortune. Why is it disappointed? I, I, I like fortune cookies. You know, instead I get palmed off with these prawn crackers that literally no one eats. They just come in the bag with a little blue ribbon on it and just go straight I know straight we're going off on a bit of a tangent, but fuck me, they piss me off. Because you have about three of them and that's enough, isn't it? Prawn crackers are shit, but they are useful as a uh, security device. Oh, they're very loud, aren't they? Yeah, what you do is, if you're in like an area of like high burglaries, keep prawn crackers. If I was to give you any advice, keep all the prawn crackers you get in a Chinese takeaway. And what you do is you actually put them underneath your doormat. It's actually not a bad idea, is it? That's pretty good. Yeah, so good then you can actually hear people in the middle of the night. When you hear the, the unmistakable sound of MSG going, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, right, fucker, it's party time. Did you know that, Tom? Fern, Fern in the chat's put, I don't, I didn't know you could buy a bag of fortune cookies in shops. No, I'm going on eBay right now, fortune cookies. Why would you go on eBay? Why would you go on eBay to see if you can buy fortune cookies? It's a cookies? digital shop, Bill. Amazon, you can get it on Amazon. You can also do it where you write your own fortunes, which is good because then you'll always know you're going to get a good one. Yeah, I feel like that defeats the point though, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm ready to continue on with salt. <laughs> I'm ready to continue on with salt as well. Before we get on to salt, though, Tom, we are going to have to mention Patreon, which is our yeah. sort of uh, support support network, essentially. Um, and we'll start by saying thank you. Really, we've got a uh, got we've got one of the uh, producers in the chat as well, Leon. Thanks for thanks for joining us, mate. He's he's recently thank you very much uh, joined that that tier of, of Patreon. We've also got Clean as well, she's our producer. So thank you very much for your support. It does mean a lot to us, as we probably do say off you know very often because it's not it's not free. This is you know funny enough to do a podcast. It does cost money, so it's nice to have some support yeah um, along the way. You fund my prawn cracker uh, security system. Why so is it? Why you. is it always? We can't just say thank you for having the like, last week. You were saying they were funding your diet coke <laughs> addiction. This week they're funding your prawn yeah, cracker addiction. Yeah, well, they are. <laughs> yeah, well, technically they are. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want to have a look at our Patreon, basically, if we've not made it clear, as we probably do mention every episode, it's just like you do get some extras from us. So, for example, the first tier, um, you get to join. Obviously, Leon there's a moderator. You get to jump into the Discord server with us, where when that gets more bustling, there'll be more of us to talk to. Uh, we are going to do sort of one-off live streams as well, probably just for Patreons. And then we've also got the live Q&As, which are going to be happening pretty soon as well. Um, it's not a lot of money. I think the opening tier is like £3.50. I don't know what that is in dollars, probably like 4 or $5. Um, this is the way to kind of support us, the run of the podcast, and hopefully we can get some new stuff as well. What is it in the ruble at the moment? A billion. Got work out now. Got work out now. If you are listening something. from Russia... Nah, we we it's have currently imposed sanctions ourselves. So uh, have we? Have we? Have we? Un, <laughs> unless you do want to be a Patreon, in which case we are willing to let it slip. Poisoned in Salisbury again. Russia aside, thank you to those who've joined us on Patreon already. But if you don't want to join us, you can go to patreon.com/csgfpodcast, 
uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll see you over there soon. Well, we do also, I forgot to mention, post behind the scenes stuff as well, which is pretty fucking mental. That's always a good thing. Always a good thing to see. So yeah. we'll move on to the next part of the show, Tom, which is salt, which is something you've probably all heard of. Uh, and one that a lot of you think is better for you than MSG, which I think has a validity behind it. You know, it's a pretty valid point of view. There, you know, we are going to come on to that. Um, but I'll tell you what salt is first, I suppose, and this might trigger some of you, so brace yourselves. Salt is a mineral compound composed primarily of sodium chloride, a chemical compound. Salt is basically uh, it's a chemical. Salt. salt is, is a, a chemical, chemical, mate. Bill. It is a chemical. I'm scared. I'm, sh- I'm literally, I'm literally shaking. No, you need more salt in your diet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even have enough salt. Thank you, right? Uh, but no, um, yeah, that's basically it's a chemical. Uh, and unlike MSG, as we alluded to earlier, it does have other uses, uh, as you know, apart from making your food taste nicer. For example, preserving food. Normally, you have things yeah. that have got a longer shelf life, or they're in like a jar. So it's normally very high in salt because it it makes it last longer. Yeah, basically. it preserves it. Of course. I mean, if you look back to what is it like fucking medieval times, they used to get meat. They used to hang it jerky, up and just cake salt it with salt. Meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just used to cake. We think jerky is, is. They used to put on something called a, a salt rock. They used to drape meat onto a salt, salt rock, yeah. and it basically mm. made a. a yeah, I don't know why I keep saying. I'm going to say medieval now. A medieval version of jerky, basically dried meat. Mm. But yeah, we still use ships it today. Too, yeah. Yep, ships as well. Mm. Yep, uh, which is ha- why uh, ships floated. Well, they what? Well, ships floated because of the salt. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> of the salt? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Ain't you ever seen that film with the egg where uh, you put an egg in a? Um, in, yeah, I think I might have completely mixed this up. I can't remember if it floats or sinks now. But it's where you get a glass of water, you put loads of salt in it, put an egg in. Shit, I can't remember if it sinks or it floats. But basically, the egg uh, either floats or it sinks. It does one or the other. <laughs> Obviously. I feel like you need to get an egg. I feel like we need you to get an egg and some salt out right now and do this experiment. I can't. Fucking pancake day ran me out dry. Oh, you got no eggs left. Fucking old nightmare. Oh, uh, Leon's made a good point, Tom. He said just he's just describing how Liver King makes his breakfast. That's very true. Salt. Water. He has a lot yeah, of salt. He's fucking going on a Doesn't mad get, on you know, social media at the moment. His, have you seen he's doing his little fasting thing when he had like his little seven day fast and all he was eating was salt every night? He's in New York joking, at had, the moment. He's in New like, York. Uh, How did just he get doing, there? Just doing well. He walked there, didn't he? <laughs> the, egg will, the egg will float in salt water because yeah. when salt is added to water, its density became greater than that of the egg. So yeah, that is how boats stay afloat. They actually, that's how boats used to stay afloat. They just kept on throwing salt over the edge of the boat and it made the sea more buoyant. Yeah, it made the sea made the more... Boat more buoyant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are listening and you are in the Royal Navy, uh, there's a top tip from Tom for you. If you find yourself sinking out in the ocean, just start throwing salt overboard. <laughs> but it is, you know, it is the dosage that matters. So make sure you're using the right dose. What two is the dose tablespoons. Then? Two tables. Oh, right, okay. Two tablespoons. Yeah. Two poop decks worth of salt. <laughs> two Titanic lifeboat worth of uh, Saxo salt. There you go. Salted. Salted. There we go. So, oh, naughty spicy. Got my own little pun in there. <laughs> I know. Back onto salt then. Uh, we're we're going to dive straight in actually with yes, it you know it is needed for your health. It is an essential thing. If you have no salt in your diet, you probably will get fucked up. But um, the recommended amount, which is something you probably heard of, and uh, this is where Tom's going to bring out his uh, his whopping paper, is no more than six grams a day is recommended, and that equates to two point four grams of sodium. Um, this is different for children and babies, so bear that wind. You know, I think I think for babies, you're not allowed to give them any salt at all. Is the recommendation, but if you've got kids, be check with doctors on that first. But Tom. 
you came out with a whopper that basically went against all of these recommendations we've been seeing for years that have no more than six grams a day. And you know, when you get the little red traffic light labels screaming at you saying, don't eat this salt. Talk us through it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, basically, I found this uh, paper, and as per usual, as is uh, part of the show, Bill, I'm about to butcher this uh, person's name, but Niels Grudel, and basically his paper, 2018, Conflicting Evidence on Health Effects Associated with Salt Reduction Calls for a Redesign of the Salt Dietary Guidelines. And shall I just uh, read out the abstract on this? 95% of the world's population have a mean salt intake between 6 and 12 grams, which is much lower than the tolerated daily level of up to 55 grams per day. In spite of this, the recommended upper level by many health institutions is as low as 5.8 grams a day. When reviewing the evidence for an upper level of 5.8 grams a day, it becomes apparent that neither the supporting studies selected by the health institutions nor randomised controlled trials and prospective observational studies disregard disregarded by the health institutions document that a salt intake below this 5.8 grams has beneficial health effects. Although there is an association between salt intake and blood pressure, which is very important, both in randomised controlled trials and observational studies, this association is weak, especially in non-obese individuals with normal blood pressure. Furthermore, a salt intake below 5.8 grams is associated with the activation of the renin angiotensin aldosterone system, God help me, an increase in plasma lipids and increased mortality. A redesign of the salt dietary guidelines, therefore, seems to be needed. And I just want to add on to that as well, Bill, that uh, the National Academy of Medicine, which is, you know, a recommended organization, um, they did a review in 2013 and they concluded that. The evidence from studies on direct health outcomes from insufficient and inconsistent, sorry, was insufficient and inconsistent regarding an association between sodium intake below 2.3 grams per day and benefit or risk of CVD outcomes, including stroke and CVD mortality or all-cause mortality in the general US population. So basically, the current guidelines where they're saying you must kind of stick below this amount hasn't really kind of shown any health benefits. However, it's a bit different when it comes down to people who have like blood pressure problems or the morbidly obese. On top of that, if you're taking too less salt, it actually increases your mortality rate. And you know what? I just want to say, because a lot of our listeners as well are military or going military, there have been cases of uh, death where salt levels have been really low. There was that Royal Marine a couple of years ago it was like 2015, I think it was a Royal Marine where he basically he just he was drinking so much water he flushed the electrolytes yeah, out of his body. System, he yeah. had no salt, and uh, yeah, he just, it can be dangerous if you're not consuming salt. Yeah, that, that's why I think a lot of people they did obviously in the poll we did they mentioned how salt has other uses and is important for other parts yes. of, of your health, which Especially is why from a po- sports performance. Yeah, which is why potentially when we say yes, MSG is lower in sodium, it's probably not best to completely eliminate salt and just have MSG because you're potentially then having way low salt. Um, but I thought that that is really important. What what blows my mind is how that paper identified that the the six grams or five point eight whatever they said is what they just shows is that the papers they used to support that weren't even supporting it. Do you know no. I mean how that just blows your mind is how they've gone? Yeah, we'll go with six. The, the science doesn't really support it, really. But we'll, we'll just stick. With, why have they chose six? I don't get it. Is it? Um, I mean, the thing is, like, uh, I want to kind of be careful with how I tread here. Mm. But a lot of like the 
the go-to papers on current recommendations for things, and this includes exercise as well, do need updating. Yeah, sure. I mean, there was even a call for the definition of what of what health is to be changed some time back as well. Mm. So yeah, like um, we do always need to kind of uh, be researching these kind of topics over and over again and updating them as necessary, especially since we have put such a fear on salt that we've now kind of gone back on ourselves and now people are not getting enough salt in. Well, some people at least. We're going we're gonna to come on to certain things that are high in salt. Like if, if we just jump forward a bit, I think like ready meals. For some people, they're like a super convenient way yeah. of getting some food in because they've got really busy lives and they, they forget. But the problem is you get labels now of like fucking bright red labels saying, oh, this has got two grams of salt in. You need to be scared. And people are yeah. thinking, fuck, this is going to kill me. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, because they're worried that the six grams is the upper limit. But what we're seeing now is that potentially you can have more and it's not really going to be that obviously you don't want to take the piss of it but by keeping it below six doesn't seem to improve health outcomes according to that that 2018 paper yeah but once again it's really important that we mention it's a bit different when it comes to people with high blood pressure etc in which case straight one's going to say talk to your doctor mm. yeah leon just made a point there saying has there been an established dosage for optimal salt intake and uh, i don't think there has been because of the context is very context dependent yeah, what's optimal for you depending on your activity levels your inherent like so Tom if, you, if you've got high blood pressure low blood pressure so that would be something you'd have to probably speak to like a dietitian about or a doctor yeah yeah but even then it's um, worth trying to find one that is updated with the current yeah, evidence because they'll look at the 6 yeah. grams and go you're having 7 grams a day oh, oh you need to yeah. calm down you yeah I would unless you've got a genuine worry about your current salt intake you know, I mean, if you if you have got a genuine worry with your salt intake, then yes, yeah, speak to your doctor. But I think for most people, just simply, I wouldn't worry about it. No, we're going to come on to food and stuff and about why people have more. But yeah, that I wouldn't worry too much. I want to note something here that I found quite interesting, Tom. Is that about potassium? Is if you do find that you're yeah. having quite a high salt yeah. intake, it's actually quite important to be eating more potassium than sodium. Uh, and the, the actual, yeah. it's like a mad balancing act, basically. And I think the ideal ratio from what I've seen online is one to three sodium potassium. Uh, so yeah. it's, ba- I forgot the actual function of it, 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 it kind of like counteracts each other almost. So if you are having no potassium, your salt's going to go rogue, basically. So eat, eat bananas. Yeah. 10 <laughs> bananas a day, easy peasy. <laughs> Have you seen that fucking Asian doctor? Who just tells people to eat bananas? Have you? Seen, I can't remember his fucking name. There's a doctor who's on YouTube. No. It's so funny. He bangs on mate. He bangs on about bananas for about twenty minutes. I'm not joking. It's, I'll have to show you after this. Is that if, if anyone watching Guy or listening? Just likes his phallic shaped foods. That's honestly, mate, it is fucking brilliant. Let him crack it, on. You gonna say something? Yeah? No, I was just gonna say like uh, with potassium, just you know the usual your mm. fruits, your starchy veg, you know some of your greens, spinach, broccoli, bananas, you know, uh, bananas. Yep. Yeah. Course, bananas. Yep, bananas things which we try and encourage you to kind of get into your diet anyway yeah. the colours the different colours of the rainbow we are going to move on though Tom to the big one when it comes to salt and that is blood pressure okay uh, and the problem with this one is is that there's often no symptoms so a lot of people out there won't even know that they're like they've got an increased blood pressure um, and the problem is if you do have a higher blood pressure it can actually lead to something that some very serious issues it can increase your risk of stroke it can increase your risk of heart disease which we know can obviously be fatal um, so it is important not to have higher blood pressure and this is where salt is normally attacked of if you have too much salt you're going to get high blood pressure um, there are other ways though we can indicate if you're having too much salt and that is feeling mm-hmm. bloated so water retention we spoke about this before actually how i think i did a video actually on the train primer youtube i don't think it's out yet but where i spoke about how people get obsessed with the number they see on the scales 
And sometimes if you had a salty meal the night before, you can retain more water, which means you then look like you put weight on the next day when you haven't. You're not put fat on, you've just simply put weight on. So that's something to know is that if you find you're maybe holding on to a bit more weight, you're feeling a bit bloated, it could be salt. Feeling thirsty is obviously an obvious one because yep. salt is that's naturally what it does. But what this could do, which is quite interesting, is that feeling uh, thirsty could actually lead to excessive toilet breaks because you're then because you're drinking more. Because, yeah. So let me let me rewind for a second. Going so, back to that raw yeah. marine story. If you find yeah. yourself going to the toilet loads and you think, "Oh, but I'm so thirsty," what like that could be a symptom you're having too much salt because you're drinking more to counteract that feeling of thirst, which is then making you piss out more, which is then Tom saying you're flushing out your system all the time, uh, which is then going to cause other issues, and then this can lead to impacts in your quality of sleep and feeling weak. So if you find yourself feeling like really lethargic, really down, you're bloated, you're thirsty, perhaps. You're having too much salt, right? Mm. So can you just describe to me. Describe to me. <laughs> I need a succulent Chinese meal. <laughs> Basically, the idea there is that eating too much salt is not ideal. Maybe yeah. it's, we're not saying you have to fucking stick to that six grams. You could go a little bit more, maybe. I mean, the World Health Organization reckons that most people consume nine to twelve grams a day, which is probably right because we have we have a lot of food we have these days does have a lot of salt in, but people are going way above and beyond that consistently. Yeah, which is then what we're getting. More I mean. Of. A lot of the things we consume have salt anyway, especially if you are uh, like getting kind of ready meals, especially pre-packaged meals, or if you tend to eat at other establishments where the food's already kind of pre-made, it tends to be packed with salt anyway. So the only thing I would suggest is try not to start adding salt. Yeah. Or, or adding too... Sorry, no. I want to take that back. Try to add too much salt. I don't think... I think in most diets, mate, you don't even need to add salt because most of the foods these days have got adequate salt that you struggle to get too little. Yeah. You'd probably have enough, yeah. really. I'll be honest. I don't think you need to add more. So, yeah. I mean, what we are going to do now, Tom, is... Um, <laughs> I was looking down at my notes there. We're going to play a game that you probably noticed in the notes. I know the answers Let to me look at that. Have you got you the don't. answers on there or is it I just... Know, yeah, and I know the answer. Yeah, but I know so the answer. So I can look something. at these, yeah? Yeah, you can look at these, yeah. yeah. Right. So I had a little look at this earlier. <laughs> Yeah, come on, so, let's go for this. Guys, what we're doing this little game is we're trying to give you some context about how things you might not have thought of could potentially be quite high in salt and it does add up, which is why we say you don't need to necessarily add salt to your diet because just eating your normal stuff is probably giving you adequate diet. So the game, Tom, we're going to start some items. So we'll start with a can of Monster. We spoke about this last week of artificial sweeteners. I know you like a nice can of Ultra, nice can of Monster Ultra. I do. Um, so the question I is, do. I do. How like much sip, salt? Yes. How much salt is in a can of Monster? You've got three options here, Tom. If you are watching on Twitch, feel free to chime in before he answers, or I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple of seconds anyway. So, how much salt? 0.25 grams, 0.5 grams, or one gram of salt in a 500 mil can of Monster. Oh, that's easy, isn't it? That's got to be the lowest one. 0.25 grams. Fern saying 0.5. You said 0.25. Oh, shit. I said the lowest one, didn't I? Sorry. 0.5. Are you saying 0.5 as well? Well, drumroll, please. In a can of Monster, there is one gram. Really? Of salt. Yeah, there's a whole gram shit. of salt. It's a lot of, I tell you, it's a lot of salt for a can of Monster. You won't even notice. Jesus Christ. Electrolytes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It makes, it does actually make sense when you think about it for its actual function of being an energy drink. But it does surprise you because you think, wow, you actually double check at this. You, 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 you can see me, me getting onto Google like, oh my God, this is changing my life. He's fact checking me, the little fucker. I've, I've just completely uh, fucked up my auto correct. It said, uh, does salt electrocute? Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah one gram. Right now. 
Evidence Jesus Christ. I need to rethink my life. I know, yeah. Well, we're not finished yet, mate. Go on. So Let's crack on. Next, Everything's next just upside down now. We're looking at squash next. So, you know, like your normal squash to, to get your cordial, whatever, to get your, your drink, your water tasting yeah. a bit nicer. So people do tend to overconsume this because they don't like water. So we've got Tesco quadruple strength squash and one serving, which is only a tablespoon. So it's not a lot of squash. If you think about that liquid, that's like a tiny sliver of squash. Yeah. And 300 ml of water. So 300 ml is a small glass with a tablespoon of squash. How much salt? Zero grams. So nothing at all. 0.05 grams or 0.11 grams? I'm going to say 0.05 grams. Okay. Fern, do you mean 0.05 or do you mean 0.11? You put 0.51. That was not an option. Fern, this is, this is classic Fern. You're putting down is an it? answer that isn't even mentioned, <laughs> Fern. Second one, yeah. Not <laughs> the one. second one. Uh, <laughs> so you, you, you two are very in sync here. Right, okay. So drum roll, please. The answer is in a tablespoon of quadruple strength squash in 300 ml of water, there is 0.11 grams. Of salt. Bloody hell, yeah. I'm seeing a pattern here. Squash reminds me of cereal in that people put way more than the recommended serving. Yeah. Because people like their drinks. When you put the serving size of squash, it normally tastes quite weak, so people put like fucking loads in. But you can yeah. appreciate now that that salt adds up. Yeah, throughout the day it does, yeah. Especially if it's just people who have more than one glass or, you know, or one bottle a day, which yeah. is quite common. Yeah, quite a lot. Okay, So I'm seeing shock over the monster, my God. You're about to be more shock here, mate. So next one, vegetable stock. So vegetable stock, one cube. So one cube of stock in 400 ml of water, 450 ml of water, sorry. What do you think it's got in there? One gram, 4.5 grams, or six grams? Well, what is vegetable stock? It's a flavor enhancer, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. Six grams. I'll say okay. 10. I'll say, 10, say 10, 10 grams. What, in a serving of stock? <laughs> six grams let's go for the highest six, six grams, grams. Fern has said 4.5 um, and this time Tom there is 4.5 grams of oh, salt in a stock. so right, Fern okay. is correct but still, well, a still a lot that's still a lot it's still a lot mm-hmm. because it's a flavour enhancer kind of like what we said earlier on with MSG you know it kind of makes sense now a flavour enhancer is going to be quite salty so I want to just make a point because I know especially if you're like uh, you know a vegan or something vegetable stock is used quite a lot is uh, like a like a thing for if you cook with things like quinoa normally you cook it in a stock so it absorbs the flavors of the stock to so give you it because obviously quinoa on its own is pretty bland so if it absorbs the flavor of the stock it adds a bit more flavor to it so you've got to be mindful that stock is very salty but there are now stocks which have no sugar in uh, sugar no salt in so they've mm. reduced the salt but if you don't have a, if you're not eating a lot of salt anyway it's not really an issue next tom king's mill 50 50 bread Per slice. Oh, right. You've given some really close ones here as well, you shit. So, I've, <laughs> where are you going? Don't cheat, you little fucker. I'm not cheating. This is Warburton's, not Kinsmill. <laughs> War, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be similar, isn't it? It's still bread, you little fucker. Right. Anyway, do you want to give the options? <laughs> he's, he's yeah, really... go on. I've got this right. in the bag. If I get this one now, then uh, yeah. <laughs> there's issues right. going on. Kingsmill fifty-fifty. There is there 0.1 grams per slice, 0.3 grams per slice, or 0.4 grams per slice? 0.4. Yeah. Yeah. Thought so. Fern put 0.1. (laughs) Yeah, so once... Mate, that's quite a lot per slice. Bearing in mind that... Let's put it into context, right? If people put... What is a sandwich? It's two of those. Yeah, it's two of those. Plus, people fill it with, like, processed meats, secured meats, like salamis, hams, chicken breasts, which are normally seasoned. 
Uh, yeah. You then got sauces people put in there, which are also salty. Some butters like margarines are quite salty. So you think your sandwich be turn into a fucking four or five gram salt fish. Yeah. And uh, you've got to think if you're having like a, going back to the full English breakfast, you know, if you're having a slice of toast and you've got bacon on top of that and you've got like butter as well, you know, it, mm. it all adds up. Adds up, it yeah. It all yeah. adds up. So, yeah. But these are things you're not expecting because obviously everyone knows bacon's got loads of salt in. Uh, we're on the last one now, Tom. Are you ready? Kellogg's Special K. So just a normal, healthy cereal. Now, the serving size is 30 grams, but I'm not having that. Fuck that. We all know people fill their bowls when it comes to cereal. If you weigh out 30 grams of cereal, we you spoke about before, it's nothing. So we're going to go 90 grams of cereal, okay? Because that's probably a full bowl. What do you think, Tom? 0.9 grams, 0.6 or 0.3? <sighs> Special K. This is off of the actual 30 gram serving. This isn't like a... No, this is a off the 90 gram serving. serving. This is the 90, 90 grams. Serving. Yes, yeah, so this is three okay, times. That's a Tom serving. Yeah, yeah and a, a full bowl. A full bowl. <laughs> Fern said 0.6. Joe, yeah, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for nearly a gram. I'm gonna go for 0.9. And in Kellogg's special K with a full bowl, you're getting 0.9 grams. Yeah. But just to clarify, that is like three times more than what the yeah. serving actually but is. The reason I've done that, Tom, is because nobody has 30 grams of cereal. Yeah. It's yeah. a very small amount. And even that's, that's even that's got 0.3 grams. No one ever has 30 grams of just cereal, unless they are yeah. calorie counting, in which case you soon get depressed very rapid when you realise what yeah. what the actual recommended serving actually looks like when you pour it out yeah. into a bowl. But basically, the point of that game, the point I'm trying to make is that it can all add up with things you weren't necessarily thinking of. Because everybody knows that things like sausages, bacon, all that stuff, you know, these sort of things, these sauces, you know, hot sauces, stuff, they all know they're quite salty. But it's the things like this you don't think about that can I'm actually, actually add up to find the I'm trying to find the salt content for something like McDonald's fries. Oh, that'd be outrageous, Tom. Okay, medium fries, UK. Duh, 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 duh. That's actually not too bad. 0.6 milligrams of salt. Sodium, sorry. So I've told you all those things there, which we're basically saying is that you should probably get enough salt in your diet without adding stuff on. But there are going to be some of you out there who think you naturally crave salty foods. I spoke to people before who go, oh, I just I just crave it and I just I need more salty foods. Um, the, tr- the truth to this is, though, is that our taste buds are actually adaptable, uh, much like you know the body when we do training, we adapt to stuff. And the taste for salty foods is actually learned. So what that means is if you eat a lot of food to salt in, your taste buds adjust to it so that when you have foods without salt, it tastes very bland. Tastes different, yeah. Yeah, so you're like, what's well, this shit? I need to add salt. It's, it's because your your taste buds have adapted to that, that expectation of that flavour. Um, so really, what you need to do is you, you can actually retrain your taste buds. So all you need to yeah. do is reduce your salt intake, and over time, it will get better. It, it does actually get better. My my missus was like that. Her childhood growing up, she had a very high salt diet uh, to the point that you know, I mean, I've been with my missus for a long, long, long time, long time. Yeah, very long time, yeah. A long time, and um, f- for many, many years, like when she was with me, she would literally pour salt onto her food without even tasting it first. So usually, you taste your food first, wouldn't you? You go, okay, there's a bit of salt that, well, there's yeah, a little bit it. of MSG, or that needs a Quavers bag worth of salt. Yeah, sorry, I was looking at Quavers, um, but yeah, she would do that without even tasting the food first, and after, like, I kind of had about it which both make like uh, habitual changes in our diet and um now she looks back and she goes like wow i can't believe i used to just like salt my food that much at the time she just couldn't handle tasting things without a lot of salt 
But now, completely different story. You know, she doesn't even touch the salt that much anymore. This is the kind of person that would salt a succulent Chinese meal. That's how serious it was. This is where MSG can get come in handy because if you are someone who does find this but you just you really don't want to get rid of salt because you just find it just too shit maybe put msg on yeah. for a bit because as we said there's less sodium there's two-thirds less sodium in it so it's not going to affect your yeah. overall sodium intake and the food will still taste good because you're still yeah. getting the enhancement of the msg in fact it might even taste better because mm. it has umami um, yeah umami, it makes it taste meat yeah. yeah i love that term i'm going to start using that all the time now fern tell your mum and her family to get a grip um, get get on the yeah. MSG, get on the MSG, get rid of the salt. Yeah, Game get changer. on the uh, air fryer MSG hype train. <laughs> an air fryer, an air fryer's worth of MSG. Yeah, and you know what? I've got two uh, compartments. I've got two compartments, so I could say you know two compartments worth of uh, MSG. That would work yeah. quite well. That'd be a lot of MSG. I though. actually am going to go out and get some, and I'm going to give it a try, and uh, maybe I'll post it on my stories, let everyone know how it's kind of going on. Yeah, that's good. And if I'm here next week, you know that, you know, it's not inherently bad for you. It's gone well, yeah. There's a solution for you there. So if you do find you are craving salt naturally, it is a process you can get rid of and adapt to. You just need to start using other flavorings, basically. You need to look at other ways of making your food taste good, apart from just chucking salt on. Or if you are struggling... MSG is probably a good option as well. Uh, there are some other more top tips here, though, we're going to give you. So eating mostly fresh food as opposed to ready meals can also help your intake of salt because ready meals are naturally higher in, in salt. So if you are someone who adds salt to your food already, a ready meal on top probably is ticking. It's probably tipping you over. You're probably having a very, a very lot of salt. And if you're adding salt to a ready meal, fuck me, you need to sort out your salt intake because you're probably very... Um, I would recommend it. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it at all. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. You can then also go for packaged and canned foods that have a label on. That, that A lot of them do now say that no added salt or reduced salt. For example, baked beans. If you go into a supermarket now, you'll see they'll be next to each other. There'll be like a normal can, which is just normal baked beans. And then next to it, there'll be one in like uh, light blue packaging. And that will say reduced salt baked beans. Uh, mm. And they can you know, that can help you help you low your condition. Uh, you've also got use smalling amounts of sauces. Uh, with high salt content because especially hot sauce have you had something like uh, sriracha before Tom yeah yeah that's very that's very salty yeah my my stepdad loves that (laughs) it's a very nice I have it a lot but hot sauces in particular are normally very high in salt so they are you need to be you need to be careful because thing with thing with sauces is you don't think of it as salt when you're adding on because it's a sauce once again what is a sauce a flavor enhancer it's a flavour enhancer. It's a bit of a pattern Basically, here, isn't there? What we're trying to say is if something tastes really, really nice, it's probably got loads of salt in it. <laughs> There's a or high chance that the Colonel's uh, secret recipe is not even 11 herbs and spices. It's just 11 different measurements of salt. Or oh, fucking here we go. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm so glad Leon's asked this. What is it about salt that gives you a pump? I notice a lot of people add pink Himalayan salt to pre-workout. Oh, I had this conversation recently with someone, funny enough. Fucking yeah. right. I don't know what your thoughts are, Tom, but all those funky salts, mate, they don't do anything, really, uh, health-wise. Yeah, in regards to... There's, there's all there's different no types. major there. difference with, no. like, a, in regards to, like, a health or performance, health point, yeah. you know, there's no major difference between salt and pink Himalayan salt. It's just a simple case of what you prefer taste-wise. The, the price pink tag. Himalayan salt does tend to be more pricier, yeah. but the pink uh, Himalayan salt is kind of, once again, that appeal to nature fallacy. When you think about the Himalayan, straight away, what do you think of, you know? Because yeah. I think of like some guy like... You think pure, you think pure... I think of the Liverkin in the Himalayans, like doing backflips or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it, there's nothing inherently bad about it. I don't no. think. Just take, it's, it's, it's your, just take, your personal taste, taste preference, yeah, and how much money you've got to spend on <laughs> flavor enhancers. But the holistic crowd has jumped onto it. I mean, you can even get like Himalayan pink salt lamps now, mm. which is basically the equivalent of having a fucking dream catcher in your room and saying that's going to help you with your deadlift. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe you should get one, Tom. Cross, crossfit dream catches. I can see where this is going. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Expensive. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Functional salt lamps. <laughs> Speaking of salt, though, there's another one that's um, really good. This is just completely off because I've got some recent. It's called Black Salt. Have you had it before, Tom? Black Salt. Black Salt. Mate, it is a fucking. Oh, mate. It's unbelievable. It's mental. It tastes like egg. What? Mate, it Black tastes salt. like fucking egg. Has it got a, a different kind of name? Himalayan no, black salt? Might be that, yeah. It's, it's, it's basically got sulfur in it, which makes it gives it that eggy, that eggy sort of flavour. Like gunpowder. Oh Mate, my honestly, God, yeah, I can see it. It looks like mad. charcoal. So, do you know why people use it? No. Do you know if you have like, um, if you have, you know, scrambled tofu? Do you know scrambled tofu? Yeah. If you, want, if you want scrambled tofu to be like a plant-based oh, replacement for okay. scrambled eggs, you put black yeah. salt on it and it will taste like scrambled eggs more because of that eggy taste. But I just thought, it, when I bought it, mate, it blew my fucking mind. It blew my mind, honestly. So you, it you recommend so much it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, honestly, you it's fucking. It. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, let me let me look at the shopping. Really matter, but. Oh yeah, it's like it's. To be fair, it's a bit like Himalayan salt. Like the yeah. price isn't mm-hmm. massively different, but it is still a bit more expensive. But still, it can be a game breaker for people that want to, you know, especially like vegan, where you kind of want to have like a more broader spectrum of like how things kind of taste. And yeah, crack on with it. <laughs> Might as well chew a match. <laughs> Might as well chew a match. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, back to the original point there, Leon. Uh, health-wise, I've not seen anything which shows you a difference. But yeah, taste it is down to taste. I don't think there's any health benefits to having either like differences. They're all the same, really. But companies did jump on that bandwagon for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. down to if if you're happy to spend the extra money on it, then yeah, and you like the taste of it compared to regular salt, go for it. Um, but yeah, salt can kind of like you know give people a bit of a pump because at the end of the day it helps retain fluid, doesn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, that's, so yeah, the that's, whole yeah, juicy that's pump. You have like a, a succulent Chinese meal as your pre-workout. <laughs> Go do arms. Yeah, it looks great. And you get a succulent arm pump. Unless you're doing that 22.2 workout and you're doing burpees and those deadlifts, you might... In which it. case, that is coming out the other end very quickly. Yeah, that's not going to be good yeah. at all. Um, but yeah, I think that comes to a sort of natural close, really, is, is salt bath Functional bath Chinese meal. <laughs> <laughs> Functional <laughs> Chinese meal. <laughs> Fucking hell. You wouldn't need a fortune cookie to see the outcome of that. I think it's a clue there, Tom. MSG and salt, are they bad for you? No. No. Not. Well, not not inherently bad for you, let's no. say. No, no. Well, yeah, but, oh, should we pop out whole... and say it depends? Yeah, we. I think that's the, that'll be the theme of the whole series, though, isn't it? I mean, any, anything we say in this entire series is obviously going to be dose dependent because if you do too much of anything, I'm, it's going to fuck you up, probably. I think unless you've got contraindications like a high blood pressure mm. or, you know, your morbidly obese or you've got other health complications well if you do speak to your doctor but if you are you know relatively uh, a relatively healthy person then yeah i wouldn't worry too much about it to be honest no, with you not at all worry about it uh, i think a good point you made there tom about someone if they're maybe worried about high blood pressure stuff is if you are maybe start changing some stuff like if you do add salt to your food use msg instead because it does have two-thirds less sodium so you are going to reduce your sodium intake just by having MSG and you'll still get the flavour that you're used to so you won't feel too bad. Obviously, gold standard, you just don't add any, <laughs> add any at all, but it, that, that could be yeah. an option. But definitely speak to your doctor. <laughs> yeah, speak to your doctor first, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell, speak to your doctor first. Don't yeah. take our word for it. We just chat shit and get fit, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm doing the first half, right? <laughs> <laughs> I chat plenty of shit. 
hope that is um taken away your fear of msg because this basically was an episode aimed at msg because that is one people seem to think is bad for you yeah i said there's a whole fucking syndrome named after it chinese (laughs) chinese restaurant syndrome succulent chinese meal syndrome succulent chinese meal yeah i've just got to say if you have no idea what we're talking about about this succulent chinese meal video please go onto youtube you'll you'll know it once you see it type in succulent chinese meal it is one of the best things i've ever seen in my life i put the uh, link in the uh, twitch chat so if anyone's in twitch they can yeah enjoy that that was my ringtone for a while (laughs) <laughs> Bird conspiracies and dodgy units of measurements mask how intelligent Tom actually seems. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's actually that that shows my intelligence so I can um, break through the matrix, the, the the full fall, so to speak, and see what's really going on out there. Yeah. You can actually see the real the real issues in the world, such as birds yeah. not being real. Wake up, people. We've been using the wrong measurements the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Fuck's a bird feeder's worth of MSG. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That. Oh, that's good. I like that. Shit, I can't even missed out on that one. Oh, that's a good running theme, isn't yeah. it? In this series, isn't it? Just it is unusual object. A uh, a a pot, an empty pot noodle tub's worth of um, catnip. And on that note, we'll leave it there. It's been a, it's been a pleasure as always, guys. Yeah, you better have. And um, we will see you on the next one. Yeah, see you next week. Hopefully. As always, thanks for listening. As we mentioned during the podcast, we'd love for you guys to come over and join us on Patreon. It's a great little way you can help support us, not only in the running of the podcast, but in expanding and improving our content as well. And on top of all that, we do, of course, give you some extra stuff such as Twitch stream perks, access to the Discord server, behind-the-scenes specials, live Q&As, and this is just the stuff in the entry tier, so there's potential for even more. So yeah, take a look at patreon.com slash csgfpodcast, and hopefully we'll be speaking to you over there very, very soon. We will see you next week, same time, same place, for a brand new episode. See you soon.